okay, yes, let us begin. My turn to start. It is. I don't have the right piece yeah, of paper in front of me. Okay. Hey, everybody. I'm Kai Rizdal. Welcome back to Make Me Smart, where we make the day make sense. I can do that bit from memory. You can. Hi, I'm Kimberly Adams. Thank you for joining <laughs> us. <laughs> what do you say all the time? Audio professionals. Audio professionals. That's right. That's right. Thank That's you right. for joining us. Uh, it is Monday. Happy Monday to all. Uh, like, us, you know, Mondays can be a little bit hard to get it going. We may not have it all little together, bit, but we're going to survive bit. the week. We're going to survive the week. Uh, we're going to start off the week by uh, diving into some stories of the day slash the weekend, also known as the news fix. And then we will talk about a story or two that made us smile. And Kai, yours is kind of the news of the weekend. So why don't you start? It's, it's amazing. So obvious, mm. obviously, I'm talking about the obviously. balloon shoot downs or the cylindrical object shoot down or that we don't really know what they are shoot down. So I want to do two things. Number one is point out just how absolutely amazing it is that the press secretary to the president of the United States has to get up at the lectern or is it dais? Lectern? Podium? Never mind. That's not important right now. Has to stay. Mm. It, it, it's not important. I, I'm sure you know the answer, but. I don't do actually, you? but I was going to say oh. I'm sure that someone Somebody will tell does. us. Somebody does. Anyway, Karine Jean Pierre mm. stands up today and says, We have no indications that these are aliens, which, <laughs> oh my God, right? So that's number one. Number two, though, is why are we seeing them all now? And I think it would be really helpful if I spent literally less than 60 seconds, but just taking a minute to explain why we're seeing them now. So Mm -hmm. we have an immense radar umbrella over North America. Thank you, Cold War and the Soviet Union and all of that stuff, right? And we have radars sweeping the skies at all hours of the day and night. But those radars are not uh, tuned. That is a layman's term, but that's that's an appropriate uh, analogy here. Those radars are not tuned to see things that are moving really, really slowly. They're tuned to see missiles. They're tuned to see aircraft. That is to say things moving hundreds, perhaps thousands of miles per hour. So what happened after the um, the big not weather balloon over uh, Montana last weekend that we could practically see with like a pair of binoculars is that NORAD adjusted what are called the velocity gates on their uh, radars. And this is from the commander of NORAD, the North American Radar Defense Force, right? He said this over the weekend. They adjusted their velocity gates so that they can now, they have retuned their radars so that they are now looking for things that move four, five, six, 20 miles an hour. And that is why we're seeing and shooting down so many more of these things because we can see them now. Now, of course, it's mildly terrifying that they may have been there for years and years and years and years and years and we hadn't seen them, but that's why we are seeing them now. If you are wondering, as I was, why are we seeing all these things now? That's what's going on. That is wild. And how high up are these things? Because my thought was, you know, I get why the commercial pilots might not have seen them, but what about all the recreational and like, you know, small craft pilots and things like that? Right. Right. So the one I think over Lake Huron was 20,000 feet. The the one uh, over Alaska was 40,000 feet. And then obviously the big not weather balloon that started this whole thing was at 60,000 feet. So they are in varying That's altitudes. Too high. Um, yeah, it's too high for a lot of civilian aircraft, uh, the 60,000 foot one. And, you know, mm-hmm. nobody in a Piper Cub is going up to 20,000 feet to poke around. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's just it's so it's it's so. They really weird found the sweet spot, happened. didn't they? They kind of did. They kind of did. Yeah. Yeah. We uh, so have an interview guess. running on tech tomorrow with a former intelligence person uh, who was saying how, you know, in many ways this is like nine eleven in that it's just revealed this wide open gap in mm-hmm. the security intelligence failure. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly right. Yeah. Because, I mean, you think you've accounted totally. for everything, and it's like, just kidding, not this thing. And, you know, adjust, mm-hmm. constantly adjusting. Mm-hmm. And I do not envy the folks Absolutely. who have to to do that work and uh, are doing Absolutely. their best. Okay. Uh, so there you go. Let's see. So is your Twitter one also the same thing? Oh, it's, that's the same one. That's, that's, that's yeah. the same one. That's the source of the data. But, yeah, that's Dan Lamoth at the Washington Post who pointed out this velocity gate thing. So my news fix is something that has sort of been – I'm not going to use the word percolating. That's terrible. But um, sort of going on over the last week or so but hasn't gotten so much attention but is actually deeply horrifying, which is this environmental disaster in Ohio. You may have sort mm-hmm. of seen it you know, kind of flash by about the train derailment, right? And how these this, there was this big train derailment. It was carrying all these chemicals. They did a you know sort of controlled burn um, to try to burn off some of these chemicals. But this is actually really to an unknown extent a very serious environmental disaster affecting the people in this relatively mm-hmm. low income area of Ohio. These chemicals are extraordinarily toxic. They're burning off. They're in the environment. People are saying their pets are dying. But, you know, the um, local officials are saying, like, you can drink the water. And then they were like, maybe you shouldn't. And they're going back and forth about it. And, you know, it's this area called East Palestine, Ohio. And now, you know, there's all these scientists and, and different people talking to the local news and people are just trying to figure out, like, is it safe to breathe the air? Is it safe to breathe the water? And, you know, one of the experts that this local news channel, WKBN27, uh, talked to said it's possible that some of these chemicals could still be present in homes and objects until you clean them thoroughly. There's a lot of what ifs. We're going to be looking at this thing 5, 10, 15, 20 years down the line and wondering, gee, cancer clust- clusters could pop up and, you know, well water could go bad. We've got, you know, chemicals like I'm not I'm going to butcher these pronunciations ethylene glycol monobutyl ether ethylhexyl acrylate i mean words that sound frightening that have low boiling points that are dangerous that are a part of a lot of things we use every day but are not designed for us to be inhaling them or inhaling inhaling their fumes when they're on fire or you know when they contaminate water and um in the neighborhood where i grew up in st louis um not while i was still living there but years later there was a chemical plant that had a really bad fire and um, it ended up like shooting like many bombs into the neighborhood. And there were so many cancer cases. And, you know, I'm not going to say that those yeah. are direct cause because I'm sure that's a liability thing in lawsuits that are still ongoing. But there were a lot of cancer cases where people sued the company saying that these exposure to these chemicals, you know, cause their cancer later on. And... It's a bad situation um, and Mm -hmm. isn't getting a ton of attention, but it's pretty scary. And the other story that I'm linking to, which is just weird, is 
a, some of the residents of this area were actually helped make this movie and be extras in a movie in 2021 called White Noise, which was a Netflix movie hmm. about a train derailment sending oh, chemicals no. into no the way. air. <laughs> and, you know, no it says there's um, a freight train collided with a tanker truck, triggering an explosion that fills the air with dangerous toxins. And it was shot around Ohio and is based on a novel by Don DeLillo and was published in 1985, shortly after a chemical disaster in India that killed nearly 4,000 people. Um, the book and film follow the fictional Gladney family as they flee an airborne toxic event and then return home to try to resume their normal lives. And a lot of the people in this area apparently were extras in this film. And now oh, it's happening man. to them. Oh, man. It's wild. That's, that is not great. That is not great. Ugh. No, it's oh. not. Sorry, there's Bonsai. Hi, Bonsai. Oh, well. Speaking of which, I'm in the process oh. of trying to Bonsai a wisteria. Really? Yes, I got the. I ordered a vine and I uh, wrapped it in wire last Does, weekend, and I've yeah, got it in yeah, its little yeah. shape. And it's, I'm, I actually have it in a pot that Sabri made. I'm very excited oh, about it. Oh, so, so we should give Sabri the plug here, right? He is, in addition to yes. being a great host and reporter, he's also an amazing. Uh, I guess he's a potter, right? Astonishing or ceramics yes. artist. Yeah, he he does Sir, amazing mm-hmm. stuff. So. God, beautiful, what his, beautiful work. Yeah, look him up on Instagram, or we'll put it on the show. Well, I'm sure we can his, link to his, his handle or something. His work yeah, is really yeah, beautiful. It's crazy. It's so good. Um, wait, doesn't bonsai take like years to do? And 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 do you have that much time? Well, I mean, I guess you do. I guess Ideally, I hope. I mean, <laughs> wow, yeah, well, that, like, that came out wrong. <laughs> came out wrong. Came out wrong. Um, uh, I mean, unless you know something that I don't. I, um, I don't. I don't. So. <laughs> So, yes, uh, so the National Arboretum here in D.C. has an amazing bonsai exhibit that's just ongoing. And they've got trees there that are, you know, date back to the 1600s when they started getting trained. But uh, you can bonsai just about any tree, apparently. And I'm not an expert. I'm sure there's people listening who are. But basically, you can do it for as long as you grow the tree. But if you get something that's like super fast growing, like a wisteria... Like you know, Westerian, as yeah. long as you get it into its shape and keep up with the trimming and the watering and the care and everything like that, you know, you can end up with something that looks decent in, you know, not decades, but, you know, when right. shorter periods mm-hmm. of time. But I don't know. We'll see. I'm just starting out and trying and going down YouTube rabbit holes with it. So keep you totally. updated. Totally. Fair enough. Good. Good. All right. That's All right. a good segue to a smile. There? Oh, there we go. <laughs> he was like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Let's move along. Let's move along. Uh, okay, well, you have so multi-media. as happens, well, speaking of rabbit holes, I, I went down one today, and somehow this crossed my uh, social media feed. It's uh, It was a TikTok, but it showed up on my Instagram reel because that's just the way these things work. Mm. Um, the guy you're about to hear is named Michael Oxton, and he's one of the co-founders of a company called Night Shift Brewing. They are now in Everett, Massachusetts, I believe, um, and he was talking about AI and beer. Let's hit that first clip, Drew. We asked ChatGPT to come up with some creative names for the beer, and it did, but they were a little boring. So we challenged it to come up with more self-aware names that referenced the fact that the beer was made by artificial intelligence. That's when it spit out AIPA, 
which is so good, but a little terrifying. Right? AIPA. I apologize for the sound effects yeah. in the background there. I sort of didn't didn't compute on that one. But anyway, yeah, so he said, listen, we asked ChatGPT to come up with a beer recipe. So it made them a beer recipe. It made them a hazy IPA. It's going to be called AIPA, which is simply brilliant. It's it actually is. going to market. He goes he goes into this TikTok on how they came up with the 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 can art, the label art for this thing, and then he closes with this. We're releasing AIPA next week. Unless the robots say otherwise. Unless the robots say otherwise. It was super cute. I it was mean... well done. If I were on the East Coast, I would get a can of AIPA just because I could. It makes some Where sense, right? Again? It makes some sense. But uh, they're uh, in Massachusetts. They're in Everett, Massachusetts. They're available up and down the, uh, the East Coast. But here, here's a broader point. see if I can get some for you and save it. That, that would be DC very. Trip. That would be very, very lovely uh, of you to do. Here's here's the bigger point, though. So we we did this whole show about AI and what it means and kids doing their homework assignments and this and that. But look, if you're going to have AI make your beer, then why even bother, right? Because let's set aside kids not wanting to do their homework. Part of what this replaces is the creative process, right? And this guy mm-hmm. and his friends literally built a company on their hobby of making beer at night after work. And now AI can do it. And is that any fun? I don't know. Uh, anyway. I don't know. Is it a tractor? I Am I being too serious? Am I being too serious? That's entirely possible. I, well, no, I think you're right. But I also think that there are lots of very creative and interesting things that have been replaced by technology that find a way to still survive. And the there's an yeah. example close to mine because the other day, not the other day, a couple weeks ago, I took a calligraphy class, right? Oh, wow. We do not need calligraphy in this world. That is true. That is, that is a true. technique and a skill that has been long replaced by technology. Um, you know, you do not have to hand letter wedding invitations or anything. You don't have to know how to do calligraphy for any meaningful reason other than it's something you like to do and makes you feel fancy, right? But it still exists totally because it has gone from something that is a thing needed for work, like if you wanted to invite 500 people to an event, you used to need a calligrapher so you didn't look like you know somebody dumb and your stuff looked okay. Mm-hmm. You don't need that anymore, which means rather than people having to do it for work, people choose to do it as an art form. So you can have beer that is made by a machine, made by an AI, the recipe comes from wherever, or it could come from a team of research scientists who simply tailored the recipe to maximize the amount of money that they make off of the beer for the cheapest ingredients that will still sell based on people's taste interest, you know, and that's not special Mm -hmm. or creative or nice. But then you have craft beers and people who do it for fun because they love it. And so I think as technology replaces some of these things, it shifts it from something you have to do that people choose to do. And then it can really be fun. Sabri makes beautiful pottery not because we need it to carry water, but because he likes it. Yeah. Yeah. Fair that enough. was a rant. Sorry. All right. <laughs> yeah, you're good to go. Go ahead. All right. Fine. 
So uh, speaking of things on Instagram that are also on TikTok, uh, there is a chef on Instagram who I follow named Brittany Wang, uh, who goes by Chef Bao Bay uh, and makes beautiful dumplings. And I love dumplings. And one of my pandemic activities was teaching myself how to make dumplings. And she hmm. has this lovely video about making rose dumplings uh, for Valentine's hmm. Day. And she basically uses, um, you know, the dough from the dumpling and the little filling to make the petals of the roses and then uses food coloring and steams them and makes these really pretty dumplings that look like little rosebuds. And that just makes me happy. And I will eventually try this one day. Not this week, but eventually. Perhaps not. You do a lot of good extracurricular stuff. That's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it helps me turn my brain off from things. So, yeah, you know, I hear it's you. nice. I hear you. Um, for extracurricular activities for this show, we're going to talk about fundraising. <laughs> <laughs> All time segue <laughs> go right there. All time segue. Yes, yes. Yes. Um, look, for all of the random things that we bring to the show from Kai's, you know, expertise about all things military and my random tangents on the role of technology in society, we only do this show because of you all. And we would really appreciate your support with a monthly donation if you can and if you're able today. And in return, now through Valentine's Day, a.k.a. tomorrow, while I cannot promise you a rose-shaped dumpling, we do have. <laughs> investor t-shirts with our logo on the front and on the back it says I'm invested in marketplace and we are not going to be giving these out anywhere else so it is available right now and you can get it only on our donation form starting at $5 a month marketplace.org slash give smart is how you do that marketplace.org slash give smart and, and if you do um, we'll be your friends forever and we'll be and here. You can show your love you this, for Marketplace. That's right. Yes, this is true. That's right. All right. One more time. Marketplace.org slash give smart. Make Me Smart is produced by Courtney Bergseeker. Today's program was engineered by Drew Jostet. Ellen Rolfes writes our newsletter. Our intern is Antonio Barreras. Marissa Cabrera is our acting senior producer. Bridget Bodner is the director of podcasts. And Francesca Levy is the executive director of digital. You can tell I've given deep thoughts to this AI thing, right? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that's good for you. Good for you. That's, yeah. that's great. It's important. I've been thinking about it a lot. <laughs> yeah. Definitely worthy of a lot of thought, for sure. Mm. We all want to be our best selves, but it can be an expensive journey. From experimenting with alternative medicine. I was working with a natural, holistic nutritionist and never really thought about the cost. To splurging on fast fashion. I'm spending like all my tips. I was definitely spending like $200 a week. I'm Rima Hreis, host of Marketplace's This Is Uncomfortable. This season, we explore the cost of self-care and the real motivations behind our spending choices. Listen to This Is Uncomfortable wherever you get your podcasts.